Hello, this is Josh Carr, uh, back with uh, Parag Goswami. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Click AI, the company he's the CEO of, a little bit about PropTech, a little bit about automated underwriting, and all kinds of other good things like that. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Good. Thank you for joining me. Uh, looking forward to talking about this. I think this is a good topic. I, I, I keep getting people asking me questions about AI in real estate. Uh, so considering you actually have AI in the name of your web address and your company uh, <laughs> seems apropos. Uh, by the way, one thing I always like to tell everyone before we even get started, the web address is clik.ai. Uh, that's the company we're going to be talking about today. So yeah, let's talk about Click AI. So um, let's start with the basics. What is Click AI? When did you start it? Yeah, so uh, Click AI was started in 2018. I mean, the company was registered 2017. So the goal of uh, the company when we started this was, you know, there are a lot of manual back office processes that goes on during a life cycle of an asset, uh, you know, a property uh, when during its management as well as acquiring those or lending on those. So Click AI started with the premise that if AI can be used to automate many of such processes, it will provide uh, uh, customers, banks, you know, different kind of players in the industry with a more productive environment so that they can focus on the more important aspect, which is the deal, the property, rather than the manual laborious labor that goes in this business. So Click AI as a company is focused on building suite of AI applications, uh, which automate various processes in the due diligence and a back office world, like financial modeling, going through you know legal documents, information discovery across due diligence folders, and then you know digitization of this, of all the uh, you know information that's in these documents, so that you can run better analytics uh, within either within your your company base or on a, on the cloud. So, yeah. So, I mean, in short, it's basically making underwriting uh, easier, essentially. You're ripping data from all these different data sources, then feeding them into an underwriting model. And that That's underwriting cool. model for the user would be you're feeding their Excel model, essentially, right? I mean, because they're still working in Excel, I assume, or, or what, what are you feeding it into? Yes. So most of the customer base so that we have uh, come uh, with their own Excel models. So what we, we do is we we take their financial models, plug into the platform, connect our AI to it so that the whole process of doing this Excel modeling becomes super automated. So that's one of the major use cases. Uh, we have other product that is very specifically designed around multifamily investment modeling. So, uh, but the high level use case is that uh, you know, it's uh, most of the work revolves around Excel modeling. Yeah, and and personally, I mean that that makes a lot of logical sense to me because I mean there are a lot of companies who seem to come to the table and say, well, we have a solution for everything, but it's nice if you're, I mean, if they're already using an Excel model that they like and they use and they love, why mess with it? I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. speaking from my own experience, I had a conversation last week with someone where. I had done some spreadsheet work on a project for this company back in 08. And the guy called me up and actually said to me, believe it or not, I still have the CD with the model that you built for us back in 08. Cause I guess we not only emailed it to them, we must've put it on an actual physical CD and he's had it tacked up to a, like a cork board for, you know, 15 years. Um, you know, which, you know, on one hand, it's kind of crazy. On the other hand, yeah, I mean, you've got an Excel model that works and you, everybody likes it, then don't mess with it. I mean, 
like you know why reinvent the wheel um yeah. so cool so and so you launched this entity the, we talked a little bit about the, the core problem uh the core issue you're trying to solve um and i mean i kind of alluded to it but the fact that you're working in the, the fact that you're feeding this into their models to me at least makes a lot of sense i imagine some of your competitors are not doing that right yeah, so um, some some competitors are enforcing their own built-out models. So obviously there is a learning curve at the customer's end to learn a new financial model. A uh, lot of companies that we see in the market are creating funky-looking, you know, dashboard and analytics. So just giving giving it a different kind of interface than an Excel uh, web dashboard. So the core core problem remains the same. How do you build these dashboards? I mean, I think Excel solves a lot of the work. So why reinvent the wheel? So we we don't change the process. Our focus is to kind of like automate those processes. Uh, but the competitors, obviously, you know, out there in the market, uh, everybody has their own uh, uh, pieces around how they want to go about this market. But uh, our focus is around, you know, uh, not changing the process, but let's make it better. No, that, that's, and again, that makes a lot of sense. Now, physically, I, I know that you're based in Toronto. Uh, we're obviously a big planet. Um, since you're running a prop tech company and, you know, you live on the web, essentially, your software is a service. Um, where, where are most of your clients, I guess, would be the first question. And then the second question would be, you know, as you expand and work into other markets, do you find that, similar issues or do you find like is penetration in foreign markets an issue like what's your experience with that yeah so i think uh we are for now focused completely on the u.s market uh we are a canadian hq company but we have office in new york uh, as well so most all of our customer revenues and customers are in are in the u.s i mean that's the market we understand the best so we want to continue to focus on on that market it it's, itself is a big market uh the use cases are pretty much the same across the globe whenever it comes to commercial real estate uh just the, just it happens to be the secondary sale environment in the united states like how fast property changes hands uh in in us so there is more frequency so it makes sense for us to keep our focus on that market however as we as we scale the platform uh similar use cases very much same use cases exist in all the property investments across the world and especially when we see you know developed markets like uh, us canada uk australia singapore and hong kong those kind no, of things. it's it's interesting i mean i um at least from my own experience, I mean, I've taught as an adjunct professor for like 15, 20 years, something like that, uh, Columbia real estate program. But like um, half of our students are foreign nationals and it's the same conversation. Like yeah. it, the, it, there are only so many ways to own an office building. There are only so many ways to collect rent. There are only yeah. so many ways to, I mean, it's, I mean, every market has their own like little weird valuation things and we call it this and they call it that. But yeah, the math is all kind of the same at the end of the day yeah um, the, yeah the, the process is the same i believe i i feel yeah yeah it's it's always amusing to me with commercial real estate because i think we're always trying to come up with new things uh you know you look at like we work or something and i'm like well you're just in the office rental business at the end of the day it's it's just office space yeah so <laughs> no it's good so okay and markets right now um you know, we talked a little bit about global stuff, mainly right now you're focused on the apartment building market, correct? 
apartment building is where most of our customers are. So I would say uh, 70% of the deal flow or the usage on, on Click AI by different customers are across multifamily space. However, um, we, we do provide, unless uh, besides uh, our competitors, like, you know, we are focused on all asset classes, but multifamily seems to be the dominant asset class used uh, by customers on ClickAI. Where people need the most help. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, now, I just want to just shift gears for a moment. I mean, you know, we, people talk about real estate technology as being in prop tech. That's the term everyone always likes to throw around, which to me has always felt a little unwieldy. But um, from a tech side, getting away from real estate for a moment, what do you think about prop tech versus other tech ventures? I mean, there's all kinds of language used around VCs, right? There's, you know, seed rounds and series A's and all this kind of stuff. Like what's your experience of being in the prop tech world versus other tech stuff? Yeah, I, I think uh, there are two ways to look at it. One is uh, how important is tech in prop tech? Uh, and like, how do how do investors value it? So I think the fundamental uh, you know thesis around prop tech is that tech, no matter how great the tech is or how funky the tech is, it still is tied to the value of the asset, which is the property. So you know, uh, so the way prop tech is different, in my opinion, than the other venture tech is that. Companies in pure tech seems to be valued and maybe considered way more valued based on just their technology and the innovation they bring to the market. However, in the prop tech, it is almost directly proportional or related to the property. So, you know, the core asset remains the fundamental focus. Now you can circle and you build any tech around it. I think that's that has a lesser weight than the real asset and you know the, the value of the deal. So that would be my in my opinion the biggest difference. Uh, and again, from from the market participant perspective, I see a lot of tech investors coming from a real estate background and all call it the limited partners of different real estate forums who happen to know their space and then, you know, just to diverse their portfolio have ventured into, uh, into the tech investment side. So you won't see a heavy concentration of generic tech investor in prop tech. So you would see a lot of interest from uh, someone who has been on the property side of things. Well, and I think that's, I imagine a lot of ways that's, that's a positive. Cause I mean, if the people who are using, the people who see a problem say, gee, I should fund a company to go fix that problem. Yeah. At least you're solving a problem that needs fixing, right? Whereas I feel over the years, I mean, there are lots of examples of tech companies that tried to solve a problem that arguably didn't actually exist, um, as opposed to commercial real estate where, you know, yeah, building financial models is annoying. It takes time. Reading documents takes time. Anything you can do to save that, there's direct... There's direct output, right? I mean, every hour that you can save someone not reading a document does actually make money. So, no, that's cool. That's cool. That's interesting to talk about. And also just the size of the prop tech market versus tech in general. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Now, that's interesting. Um, so real estate obviously has been going through, um, I don't want to say slow down, but the industry has issues right now. I mean, we're recording this in October of 23 interest rates have spiked, the 10-year treasury is effectively at 5% or close enough to 5% that let's just call it 5%. Yeah. Um, you know, sales volume at brokerage firms has dropped off because people don't want to sell. 
how does the fact that the commercial real estate market right now is going through dislocation, how does that affect you as a, as a tech vendor? Yeah, so I I think um, you know it it has kind of like neutralized in a way. Like for example, we see a lot of customers who are becoming extremely serious about optimizing their existing assets rather than going after new assets because the new asset purchase on both on the lending side as well as acquisition side is kind of like stagnant. So we don't see too many interest, too much of an interest from parties on that front. However, having said that, when it comes when when we talk about enterprise customers, they are certainly looking to you know optimize their existing cost and improve their productivity so that they can save money or you know keep the balance sheet uh, uh, healthy in that sense. So we see strong interest from companies to optimize their asset, not so much strong interest for companies who are looking to do more deals. Sure. So sure. This becomes more relevant to uh, to enterprise customers who do have a put sizable portfolio both on the lending side as well as on the uh, you know asset management side from a from an ownership perspective. But on the smaller smaller deal segment, I would say there's definitely very strong uh you know chance of companies not rolling out their budgets and being tight with their budgets so definitely it affects everyone uh so it's hard to say but i do see over the next six months people will be in a little bit of a, a wait and watch kind of situation no uh, but, th but that, that all makes sense i mean but that all generally makes sense i mean if the market is going through if people aren't doing new deals but they have existing assets i mean if you're not buying a building, you got to do something, right? So if you can if you can optimize your processes and make things run smoother, yeah, you're you're creating value. Maybe it's not as exciting as buying a new building, but it's still money. So yeah. that makes sense. No, it, that's that's a positive because I mean I can speak as a market participant that you know interest rates going up this much it definitely lessens the amount of things you can do in the office day to day. Um, cool. And then you know just more generally as we kind of get through the questions I wanted to cover. Um, Plans for the next 12 to 24 months, like where do you see your firm going? Where do you see property tech and AI going in general? I'd love to get your opinion just on AI in general, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. So I think our our take on this market is uh, pretty simple. While the market waits to recorrect and kind of, uh, you know, get onto like a buying mode again, I think this is a great time for us to innovate. So we are focusing a lot on our product development and ramping up our product suite. So we have a couple of products which are market leaders in the uh, in in the space right now. So we think we can leverage this time while the market is a little down to ramp up and you know build more products so that we can come up and give the market a much better, more sophisticated the whole suite. Uh, and the learning here is that the that uh, people are tired, customers are tired buying one-off solution from five different vendors. So our thesis is like, let's plug more and more products around it so that we can give more value to the customers. So this is our focus for the next 12 months. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, these these are some of the high level focus. We would, we are looking to up, keep keep running our operations, you know, lean so that we don't incur a lot of uh, expenses and, you know, don't put too much risk on the balance sheet at the sure. same time, ramp up the products, product part of things at our end. Well, and it's also interesting just in general. I mean, you and I have talked about this a bit more because, you know, we, we've talked quite a bit before we had this call, but um, it's also good that as a company, you're in a place where 
you, you know you're profitable so if you're a profitable tech company and you don't have the proverbial gun to your head that a lot of people do because of vc firms you can grow you can grow in an intelligent way you can actually grow in a way that really benefits the customer and, and builds a, a suite of tools rather than to just say i need to get to an arbitrary milestone to make my vc people happy um, yeah. which is which is important um no, but, you know, and also, I mean, I, I also wanted to get your take just on AI in general. I mean, I, I, I've had multiple people, as I said, come to me and talk about, you know, AI and real estate. Um, it seems like a lot of people are interested in it, but I don't think they actually know what that means or what should they do with it. Like some of the questions I've gotten, it seems are more like, can I use AI to just build an Excel model? And it's like, well. You can use AI to like read a lease and to rip some data, you know, but like it's not going to just do your work. It's not just going to yeah. build the whole thing. You still have to be smart about it. Um, just seems there's a lot of it almost feels to me for my two cents for whatever it's worth. It almost feels to me sort of like when Bitcoin and blockchain started and everyone just put the word blockchain on things because the moment you said you were in the blockchain, yeah. you know, your, your company <laughs> went up in value. And it feels like if I just said today, I'm in AI, just magically people would give me money. There, There's a feel of that, a little bit. Oh, that. yeah, for sure. I mean, so. it's the hard buzz world. So. Uh, but overall, I, I do think, uh, you know, uh, innovation has become a little easier with the latest AI technologies that have come up. So someone who's really methodical about, you know, their their existing problem, really think hard about what, what problem exactly they want to solve. There are tools available that they can really go ahead and solve the problem whether hiring a uh, hiring bunch of consultants around it or, you know, trying looking from for, for a SaaS software around the challenge, but it's an interesting time for sure. That, that might be the takeaway here, which is first know what problem you're trying to solve. Uh, and Absolutely. if you can ask the right problem, ask the right question, then at least you got a shot at getting the answer. So with that, I have covered at least what I wanted to go through. Um, Excellent. And so uh, for everyone, again, that was uh, Parag Gaswami, uh, CEO of Click AI. Uh, their web address is clik.ai. Uh, and this has been Josh Carr. Uh, tune in next week, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And thanks again, Parag, for all your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Josh. It was great to be on your show. Thanks. Take care.